A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass? So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Welcome to the Cultaholic Wrestling Podcast. If you like a lot of wrestling on YouTube, wash your hands. Hello and welcome to the Cultaholic. Yay. There we go. That's the sign of things to come. The amazing chemistry you all love and enjoy every week here at the Colorado Wrestling Podcast is absent, replaced instead by microphones in kitchens uh, <laughs> spread across the entire northeast of England as you're listening to the dulcet tones of Mafu. That's me. Say next, Jack. Uh, me, Jack. Hello. And, and also. Me. And me, Ross. Wow. <laughs> this is really good. This is seamless, so isn't it? So we should and... we should note we we can't see each other. We're on uh, Discord here. Um, we can't not talk over the top of each other unless we keep an eye on these little icons that light up when someone's going to speak. Yes, this which is, is very useful for a show revolving around talking. Yeah, yeah. And why are you doing this? Well, Pachiti, you want trying to cuss. Costs and electricity bill was so high last month. No, it is, of course, thanks to the Diddler virus that has spread across <laughs> the country via the winged rats and pigeons of the UK. So we're doing this there. And it's very nice to see that uh, this was explained properly last time, where Jack just made an offhand mention, like, oh, by the way, Matthew's not here, and here's Tom. Is it oh, because he has to show up? <laughs> well, I didn't know what. I didn't know what to say, given the circumstances. I didn't know whether I, I was Ross correcting me later on. Oh, good. I thought no, I was uh, wrong by bringing it up. No, I think it was fine. That's I'm sorry, right. Ross. I had already downvoted the video by that point. So, <laughs> we are going to do our best to get around this, as you can tell, but working with what we've got, We're like Robinson Crusoe. So, start off as usually go on, which is the news. Oh, well, funny, there's been something in the news this week, Ed Jack. Anything to keep us going? There's been nothing, there's been nothing yeah. at all, really. Right? It's like the shelves on little. It's now there. <laughs> so, apparently, WrestleMania, which is uh, stories about its death, have been greatly exaggerated. It's now across two dates at the Performance Center, April 4th and April 5th. And Rob Gronkowski, him off the NFL, is hosting both. Oh, goody. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, that's what we want to see, yeah? Yeah. I, I think, I think, I don't know what to think, really. Rob, Rob Gronkowski, from what I've seen, he's a bit of a goofball, isn't he? He's a crazy goof. So I don't know if he'll be any good or not. Is he like Mojo? A little bit, just bigger, yeah. Yeah, he's like eight, if... Eight hours of that, oh. If Mojo was a Pokemon, he'd be the first one. And after enough berries, that's what he'd turn into. Yeah, that's I'll, pretty I'll much pretend it. to know what that means. Oh, oh God, sorry. Wait, 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 where's the buzzer? <laughs> anyway. No, after the... enough rare candies, Matthew. After enough rare candies, come on. Oh, God, don't, don't, don't do my references worse slash better than sorry. me. 
but the highlight of all this is nothing to do with um, the crazy stuff happening with wrestling and the diddler stuff, is the fact that my mum sent me a text after I tried to explain to her as simply as possible that WrestleMania had been cancelled because I wasn't going. She took that seriously and she sent me a message saying that she saw a guy in the street at Buckhurst Hill wearing a WrestleMania sweatshirt and she stopped she stopped to express her condolences at its cancellation. <laughs> <laughs> to which he replied, no, it hasn't been cancelled. They're going to do it at the performance centre. Which point my mum probably stared at him like he had three heads and went, you know, Botchamania, my son does it. And he walked <laughs> off. <laughs> <laughs> so if you're a Colaholic fan as well, pal, I- I'm very sorry. She was not asking you for loose change, I promise. And... Moving on from, I guess there's been so much news this week, it's almost hard to well, know where to start. We should, we should mention as well that it's it's not just going to be over two days, it's going to be potentially over multiple locations as well. Well, like the parking lot? I, the I don't know what stand. they mean. Yeah, Vince's I don't know what they house. mean. Yeah, Triple Vince's H's house. house. I I, I'm wondering, because there's a lot of talk that they could do like... A, um. They could make it really high-end quality, like a Netflix thing, and pre-record stuff and do really cool promos and everything. But I don't know whether they will or not. Disneyland's empty, isn't it? Yes. Get it in Disneyland. <laughs> to be honest, I don't really care about the multiple locations thing. I'm just relieved that it's over two nights, which presumably means, hopefully means, four hours max each night. A manageable amount, not like 12 hours like it has been the past few years, because that's a killer. Yeah, I'd agree. Don't be daft, Ross. It's going to be 16 hours combined. <laughs> Don't give them ideas. Oh. Moving on from Gronkmania. Uh, apparently, because of the fact WrestleMania did not cancel, it rescheduled. This caused issues with the indie companies, such as Game Changer Wrestling, around the area, trying to get their bleeding refunds from the Marriott, uh, who Marriott who stood by their guns and went, no, nah, you, you can still do it. <laughs> This is what the president says. Uh, We're pretty sure you could have this happen. And it took the combined might of Kevin Owens and Chris Jericho going on Twitter and rightfully blasting them. Then they changed their mind and they finally got the refund. So there's some good news out of this for the small indie companies. Yeah, that was outrageous, that. Yeah. Um, Moving on. Daniel Bryan wants to transition into more of a part-time role with his second daughter on the way. From his appearance in the Bellas. The way it's, made, it's worded, I almost read it like he wants to transition into wrestling his second daughter. I should have read that a lot better. Um, <laughs> but yes, this is Daniel Bryan wanting to do less and probably the best time to be doing so right now. Probably why he got that match with Drew Gulak as well. What do you think, Jack? Um, it, I, th- oh. I think that... Uh... You're not called Jack Ross. <laughs> um, I reckon that um, it's probably wise, isn't it? I mean, I understand why he wants to be more of a family man and stuff. And I think that it means that when he does appear, because he can still wrestle really, really well, I think it means that his appearances will become more rare and maybe the matches will be a bit more special. Ross, thoughts? Jack, here's my thoughts. I reckon <laughs> he made this call after the match with Gulak. He thought, oh, I don't fancy this anymore. Part-time for me, please. Hmm. When he got dropped on his head like 12 times, and I'm also joking. If he wants All to right. be that, good for him. <laughs> Oh my god, Slack's making the message noise. Oh. What do I do? Oh god. Mute the notifications anyway. on Slack and then turn Slack off. Which inconsiderate person did that? It was Lewis right. House, a new writer. Bastard. Slack the uh. jobber. 
That was a review I read on a website. Also, <laughs> it's good just doing the podcast because really, Ross is uh, his best qualities is the fact that he can say things very dramatically. So now you have to add, no, that was not serious. That was a joke because <laughs> we, we don't know what you're saying or how you're saying it. I know. So this sometimes you can laugh. You can look at the camera, do a little wink or something like that. But yeah, yeah we're just making noises. <laughs> and everything can be taken out of context as Dave Meltzer finds out every single day of his life. <laughs> exactly. But he pays the bills, so we'll leave him alone. Will Ospreay. Apparently, yeah, Will Ospreay had the thing on Monday and used this momentum to challenge CM Punk to a match at next year's Wrestle Kingdom. And on the Jen and Cody Decker's podcast, Punk said he might wrestle again if the money was right and it was against someone that motivated him. And he was one of the people listed. He also mentioned Mysterio, Cena, and Daniel Bryan. Jack, what are your thoughts? Real Jack. Hello. Um, oh, by the way, as we cleared out the office on, I think it was Tuesday now, uh, Puppet Jack's still in there. He's holding the fort, I've noticed. <gasps> you left Puppet Jack in there? Yeah. With all those viruses? I know. Um, oh, the poor lad's going to like Swiss cheese when we get him back. Oh, no. <laughs> But I think um, I think that um, it was it's bold, isn't it, from Osprey? And usually I just think, oh, he's just throwing it out there to see what will happen. But in today's wrestling world, anything can happen, really. Anyone else want to? Anyone else got any strong thoughts? I felt really sorry for B Priestley, me. Oh, see that bit where she did the stump on his back and then she sort of slipped backwards and landed back first on a wooden floor. That looked nasty. Yeah, yeah, it did. It Any thoughts about? <laughs> well, I thought we could. I thought we could talk about that a bit more at the end of the at the end of the this week in wrestling section because there was no NXT really. This oh, week. I see. Well, I'll move yeah. on then, shall I? To right. point number four: two big debuts on AW Dynamite, but we'll talk about them later as well. But also interesting yeah. that he refused to refer to "quote unquote" next week, just the next Dynamite. So who knows what we'll see next week from the AEW lads. It's a we- I think they're just being cautious, aren't they? They're just covering their backs because no one knows what's going to get allowed or shut down in the next week or so. So I get why they yeah. did it. Yeah. If EastEnders is getting taken down, nobody's safe. <laughs> That's right, Ross. They're covering their backs, their fronts, their sides, their hands, and everything. Not their and... elbows, though. Don't be daft. Any other news this week? Apart from the obvious? Uh, Ken Shamrock's going into the Impact Hall of Fame. Oh, <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, the first half of that, I'm not going to lie. Well, what's wrong with that? The bigger news coming out of that is the fact that Impact got to use WWE footage. That was more like overshadowing the fact that Shamrock was going to the Hall of Fame. Oh, they got to use the footage. Woo! They did say it in the same tweet, didn't they? Thanks, WWE, for letting us use the footage. Uh, bum lickers. <laughs> <laughs> is that the trade after like hours upon hours of all the horrible TNA footage they used for the Hardy documentary? It's like, yay, three clips of Ken Shamrock giving a hurricane runner in 98. <laughs> I can't think of any more I can't think of any more news um, I'm trying to think what else is there John oh, Cena's Christ. I know Martin Kirby's retired oh ah. of course oh that Could was have a the worst time to do it no I suppose I mean he's been wrestling for Dragon Gate recently hasn't he and they've had to shut down and stuff but the outpouring of support for him on Twitter has been massive I, don't, I doubt he was even really expecting that level 
Yeah, for people who aren't that familiar with the UK wrestling scene or or only familiar with the last few years of it, Martin Kirby's just been a workhorse. I mean, he really is the the Chuckle Brothers of Brit Ress. You know, right, well, that's, has, that is a I compliment. Mean, okay, but he's also like the Ken Shamrock of Brit Ress and another style of wrestling of the Brit Ress. He can do it all. I'm trying to save you, Matthew. <laughs> he's really good. Thank you, Paul Jack. He's really, really good at, at the wrestling, and he'll be missed. But hopefully, I reckon that um, this will really help, like cement his legacy almost. He what, was always when everyone was looking. No, everyone was looking. Everyone was paying attention because there was no other wrestling going on. Oh, I see. He was always my favorite part of WCPW. Like, yes. he, was, he could do he could do the comedy and the serious, and he was a really good wrestler as well. He had some really really good matches too. I just wish that his last match, his retirement match, was against Adam Pacini. And Adam got to live out his dream of being pushed off some scaffolding by Martin Kirby. Yeah, he really wanted to do that, didn't he? He actually did yeah. want to do that. Desperately so. <laughs> <laughs> and I would sell the dream match, like Rocky IV of Martin Kirby versus Mojo Rawley. <laughs> <laughs> <For again. laughs> uh, I think that's yeah. all the new. I can't think of any more. Yeah, I think that's it for now. Everybody get excited for the Cultaholic Hall of Fame. And now it's time for everyone's favourite segment, the Hall of Fame. And in last week's results, who cares about this? I wasn't here. Uh, oh, get in. In condescending order, Mickey the Dragon. Oh, this is last person. Oh, a 10%. Uh, <laughs> oh. Talk about blue balls. Uh, Lida and Gail Kim, 34%. I guess Shocked that's because they're doing the thing together. Yeah. <laughs> and Owen from Cultaholic. Wow, his full name is on this. Uh, 56%. He's right, done what it. What was this about? Uh, just, um, I nominated Owen because he'd, he'd worked really hard on a list and then people were giving credit to Pacini for it. Um, and he's just generally a good flatmate and stuff. I'm biased because I live with him. But yeah, he's a good guy. Um, oh, that's he was, nice. He was asking me... He was asking me the other day about his chances. He was like, who am I up against, Jack? He's from Liverpool. Um, and... I was telling him it was like leader in Gail Kim, so he, he was he was predicting a second place finish, but actually he's uh, he's absolutely he's absolutely bossed it. Wow, what a great entry that you clearly thought of the second someone asked what's your Hall of Fame pick that time. <laughs> <laughs> Sticking with tradition, Sticking. yeah. Jack, as the winner of last week, then you may go first. Non-bread. I see. I've not I've, right. So I had a curry last night, and it was an alright curry. It was just a microwave sort of affair from Tesco, right? Chicken jalfrezi. But the thing that really set it off nicely was the non the Tesco non bread. It was delightful. Nothing fancy. Not like wasn't like kima naan or garlic naan or anything like that. But just stuck it in the oven for a bit. It came out the right mixture of crispy and soft, and it just set the whole meal off to perfection. So my nomination is the humble man bread. I've really cut a bit of a promo on it there. <laughs> it's the most you've hyped up anything in months. <laughs> you think I should have done perfection. It really brought the entire... I feel like I should have done an Austin. I, mean, I got a naan bread. What? <laughs> got some rice. But no, I thought it was delicious. Okay, so is it all non-bread or just Tesco's non-bread? 
I'll just go for the concept of it, just generally. Yeah. <laughs> the concept of Norm Bread is your favorite. <laughs> My yeah. dad's favorite prog rock album. <laughs> it's, it's been a bit of a boring week, right? I'm not going to lie, okay? If you couldn't tell already. Yeah, well, Doro saved the best to last, so I'll go next. I have also had a weird week where I've self-isolated because I got away from Germany, and that seems like ancient history now, but I had a lovely time. Uh, thank you, Shun. But self-isolated, kept away from people just in case I had something. Officially don't, so I'm very happy. So in the meantime, I fixed my PC. I watched some stuff on Netflix, and I decided after watching all the speedrunners on YouTube, I'd go back and play GoldenEye 007 for the N64. Mm. even age well. And let me tell you, a lot of people give this game flack because of the N64 pad not being the most accurate when it comes to aiming. They're talking out their asses. GoldenEye has aged very well. It's a shame the thing will probably never get ported due to licensing issues, but I loved it. Uh, still plays well. It's nowhere near as uh, big and spacey as I thought it was. It really is just a bunch of corridors stuck together with glue to make you pretend that it isn't. But I had a lot of fun playing it, and I really, really want to win this week's Hall of Fame pick, so I'm picking something really obvious like GoldenEye for the N64. That's a fair shout. I like GoldenEye. Ross, have you ever played it? Is that why he goes, you're in the snow? Yeah. Predominantly. Yeah, it's a snowy game. Yeah, I remember playing that when I was young. Not on the N64, though. Was that on PS1 as well? It was, yes. Get in. I've done something with relevancy here. I'm so happy, Rob. What was your favourite bit of it? Uh, the bit in the snow. <laughs> I can't remember a thing of it to be honest with you. I remember, do you have to go down a hill on a snowboard or something? Am I getting yes. confused with the SSX Tricky? <laughs> it may have said SSX Tricky, but that was just due to licensing issues. It was, in fact, the original version of Goldeneye. <laughs> That's awesome, Ross. I'm glad we've got something in common finally. Yeah. But speaking of which, what is your pick for Hall of Fame this week? Uh, I'm continuing my tour of uh, second rate British supermarkets. Um, my, I went, yeah, the pandemic's caused all kinds of empty shelves and all kinds of shops over the past week or so. So I found myself in the range on the hunt for some sustenance. Sustenance, put my teeth back in. And wouldn't you just know it, the range around here has put a bloody Iceland in the corner of it. I walked in, it's brand new. The shelves was chock a block. I couldn't believe my eyes. So I got to live on for another day thanks to a random Iceland that turned up inside the range. So I'm my whole family. Like if, imagine like an Iceland is in the shop Iceland where Kerry Katona pats her arse and whatnot. No, I'm, that I'm was fine. An... I'm fine with that. Like I understand, but are you saying that it wasn't? It's just popped up. It's literally right. They've built an Iceland inside the range, but you go and pay for your frozen goods at a range till. It's incredible. A precedent, a new precedent's been set for supermarkets here. Yeah, Iceland, the first level in gold, I. <laughs> <laughs> Is that the Fantastic. bit with the snow? <laughs> a bit with the snow for the PS1. That's right, Rob. And <laughs> what did you get from Iceland? Prying eyes. Well, I'm, on a, I'm trying to be on a bit of a diet, but I, I ended up buying loads of Greggs and some frozen fruit and some frozen chicken. And <laughs> it was all frozen, but at least it was food, so I'm not going to die. So, yeah, whoever made the call to put Iceland in the back corner of the range in Gateshead, that's who I'm nominating for the Hall of Fame because they've saved upwards of 10 people's lives, maybe 20. Right. In what is possibly the saddest Hall of Fame selection we have seen in some time, 
It really is looking in the back of the cupboard and seeing what's left to eat because you can't be asked to go outside because the apocalypse. We have naan bread. Oh, sorry, the concept of naan bread. <laughs> GoldenEye 007 for the N64 when all the game shops are shut, I guess. And whoever's idea it was to put an Iceland in the back of the cringe in Gateshead. It's amazing. <laughs> to be honest, I almost went for Sammy Guevara after he did his bit singing on this week's Dynamite, but that was too wrestling related for this podcast. That's right. And as those stats proved, no one actually votes the wrestling things on the wrestling podcast. And how can you vote, you ask? Why? That's a good question to ask to anybody. Why are you talking out loud, you weirdo? You can, of course, vote at any of those fabulous picks the Hall of Fame by going to patreon.com forward slash cultaholic. And why wouldn't you want to spend your money after those picks? <laughs> this is this week in the wrestling. It's this bloody week in the wrestling. <laughs> this week in wrestling. Well, sod all's happens. We skip on the next bit, but... uh. Here's what SmackDown looked like for those that didn't watch. Triple H opens the show explaining that they're going to try and put a smile on our faces. So I told a bunch of knock-knock jokes. He certainly tried his best on commentary to make us smile with his wacky antics. Bailey and Sasha Banks beat Alexa Bliss and Nikki Cross thanks to a run-in from Asuka, who somehow was not seen by coming in from the crowd. Uh, Daniel Bryan beat Cesaro in a match. That's good, but short. Just like Bryan. And then Cesaro, Zayn, and Nakamura try to beat him down afterwards, but Brian and Gulak fight them off. Plus, we set up a six-man tag next week with Brian's daughter. And <laughs> Jeff Hardy beats King Corbin after Elias distracts Corbin from commentary, setting up the twist of fury. Right, That's right. Fill us in, Jack. Can we pause for a second there? What's going on? Well, Matt, on Matt, Twitter, Matt didn't trademark it, he said, yeah. Yeah, WWE seems to assume that Matt Hardy did trademark Twist of Fate. Also helped by the fact that Rebby Sky tweeted something ambiguous about it with the dollar sign, and then went, all right, well, let's put two together and get six. To which Matt Hardy had to go on Twitter and go, no, no, I haven't trademarked Twist of Fate, Fate, whatever it's called. And it's just to be doing it with their own volition. It's a neck breaker, isn't it? It's a different move. Yes. Instead of taking it like a diamond cutter, he took it like it was a swinging deck breaker. Yeah. Hmm. Very I curious. Hmm. Should we make a hum noise at the same time on three? One, two, three. Hmm. Also, right. what did we what did people think of Triple H on commentary before we move on? Because I thought he was I, I thought Fantastic. he was a bully. But it was funny, wasn't it? Yeah. It was two hours of Michael Cole getting the piss ripped out of him. While Michael Cole himself, by the way, was so much better, it was clear that no one was speaking in that guy's ear. And as he proved at the UK tournament a couple of years ago, when people don't do that, he's quite all right. But two hours of Triple H taking the piss out of him, I was having a great time. (laughs) Loads of people really enjoyed it. Like, Triple H is for the second coming of Fred Astaire, but I was like, all right, whatever. Because it's it's Triple H's level of comedy, which he's, he's the type of guy to go up to someone and go, hey, they call you tiny, but you look pretty fat to me and just completely miss the point. But I did <laughs> like Michael Cole getting it to him when Triple H is trying to set up his, his crap joke, which I can relate to, Tripper, when uh, they were coming down the aisle. And he started talking over Greg Hamilton, and Michael Cole go, no, you're not supposed to talk over the answer. That's what the, the first... First thing they teach you in announcing school. <laughs> um, so it gave as good as he got, at least. 
I like the bit where him and Mojo jostled Michael Cole and got him to get hyped. I liked Mojo Riley because obviously they brought the important people here and Mojo's gimmick of being Gronk's friend so he means he's up for a world title push. He showed up in a salmon pink suit and they zoomed in so it was just him on shot. His skin was the same colour as his suit. <laughs> if you were watching this at 480p, you would be mistaken to think that he was naked, Max Nicole. <laughs> Boiled lobster head. And they got so excited his headset fell off. That was a highlight. Yeah. <laughs> and then the main event, because they filled up a lot of this with Elimination Chamber antics, with, sorry, replay of Elimination Chamber, I should say, uh, John Cena cutting a promo. And according to my notes here, he was kind of a dick. He I really was, like. He buries, yeah, we love that word, the modern-day roster, saying far too many are lazy and blame others, potentially setting up that hot, Alex Riley feud been waiting 10 years for, <laughs> allegedly. Says the Fiend is not the future. And at WrestleMania, he'll end the most overhyped, overprivileged star in WWE history. And the, the little note says here, hypocritical with the question mark. So I guess we're supposed to see that uh, Cena himself is overhyped and overprivileged. Well, at one, at What's one that time. about, Notemaker? Well, just the, at, one, at one stage in his career, you could certainly say that. Okay. No? Okay, all right then. Thanks for answering. Uh, Bray answers Simmons says that six years ago, Cena broke him, but The Fiend put him back together. And at Mania, it'll be a slaughter. <laughs> He's going to sneeze. So, oh. <laughs> What are your thoughts on this segment, Ross? Uh, I thought the biggest thing about it was the fact how the crowd not being there made it 10 times more effective than it would have been. There was a few segments on Raw and SmackDown I thought that were a lot better than there would have been if there was a live crowd there, and this was one of them. Okay, yeah. We're going back to theatre times and everything's a soliloquy. So. Drama, dramatic. Oh, the ambience lent mm. itself to the tension. Edge's promo on Raw, which I guess we'll talk about next. That was I was going to say, what a beautiful segue, Ross. On Raw, Edge arrived. Looked like he'd been walking the entire time we last saw him, all the way to the Performance Centre, to cut a promo on Randy Orton. Says when Beth Enos came out on Raw, she was going to announce Edge's second retirement. She lied. That's right. Edge's retirement too. Judgment Day. <laughs> no, she told everyone she was coming back to provide a medical update, but she was going to drop that bombshell on everybody. She could have given somebody some warning. Was that, that not could... the medical update? That he was... Here's yeah. a medical update. He's, he's, he's nagging. Yeah. Oh, that's like fifth gear compared to third gear. Medical update. Oh, he's got a bruise on his knee. He'll be fine. He'll be back. He's going to retire. That's what, Beth, that's what Beth sounds like. <laughs> uh, update with Dr. Beth. He cannot see, Peg. He cannot see. <laughs> but Ed says, now he's not doing that. He challenges Randy Orton to a last man standing match at WrestleMania. And again, this was done in front of no audience. Just done right him microphone and a cameraman so what did you think of the segment jack i thought it was a good segment i thought edge is the sort of guy who can really do well in this sort of segment and it felt really dark and sinister but in a babyface mm. way and you want to see him kick orton's ass matthew do you agree yeah i cared more about it before we found out that wrestlemania will be based around you know at, at gronk's back garden when he's he's doing barbecue and that and there's gonna be no crowd um, I'm still hyped for the concept, but it's just odd that all these matches, like, I'm going to get you at the biggest stage 
at the smaller stage of them all. It's 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 all very anticlimactic. It is hard to Ross. Are you? I was going to ask you this actually because I'm finding it hard to get excited for Mania. Are you the same? Um, I don't know. My my opinions changed greatly after the announcement last night. I was really struggling before the whole two show thing, but now I'm a bit like, oh, I'm looking forward to more manageable chunks. That's my overriding opinion. I don't, it's just going to be weird, isn't it? I can't get on board. Like this is something that I guess we'll speak about in a bit with AEW. They did so well putting people in the crowd to make some noise during the wrestling because that's the bit I'm struggling with. The complete silence while everyone's in the ring is just that there's too much of a disconnect for me to sort of sit back and enjoy it. I'm always like, oh, this is just a bit weird and awkward, this isn't it? Mm, I agree with that. Yeah. Yeah, well said, Ross. Thank um, you. The second point, Taker arrives for a contract signing with AJ Styles. He was steaming he is- through like a train. <laughs> <laughs> Ghost trait. <laughs> oh, that was good. That. Good that. Thank you. And, and yet he's he had this do rag on, as seen in a documentary. <laughs> it wasn't on quite it. a do rag, was it not? It was a little beanie, like it wasn't a Vince McMahon do rag. <laughs> so the under beanie came to do his contract signing, wrecked the setup. AJ Styles appeared on the Tron, and they do that thing where they zoom in on his face, so he looks really big. When he's just actually just on the camera, and referred to Michelle McCool as Money Michelle. I like that. Yeah. Says he'll pay for Taker's assisted living costs after Mania and signs the contract. <laughs> he then sends Gallows and Anderson, aka Bulk and Skull from the Power Rangers, to deliver the contract to Taker, who obviously beats them up. And then Undertaker proceeds to stare with his beanie on his head. <laughs> yeah, that was it, really. Yeah. It's weird that we have a point in wrestling now where the 43-year-old AJ Styles is telling Undertaker, you're old, you're yeah. washed up. Yeah, Mat- Macho Man was younger when he was told he was too old back in the day, wasn't he? He certainly was. Yeah, he's about 41, wasn't he, or something like that? Something like that. I also forgot to mention in the notes that um, they showed like the whole Men's Royal Rumble as well before this. Edge's spear was edited. I was about to say, yeah, that was the one change. The director's cut they showed. Mm. Yeah. Rey Mysterio Jr. beat Andrade in a non-title match with Asuka on commentary for some reason. Um, she was very passionate and Japanese here. I think that's a key point. I think those are the key words they gave her. Just, just be loud as possible to disguise the fact that there's no audience and we don't want to hear people calling spots. So just worse that- you can do than Asuka. Do you think that's why? Because I was really confused why Asuka was there. And I do enjoy her rambling on in a language that I don't understand. It is quite entertaining. But also, like, it is. But also, I didn't understand why she was there. Like, she's not part of this storyline. And I I do enjoy sometimes when storylines bleed into each other, but she didn't get involved. Go on. She's going to revenge that streak-ending defeat at WrestleMania 34. Did you notice how much you fancied, quite clearly, Andrade? She's going to steal Charlotte Flair's man. And that was the genesis of that last album. Oh, I would love that. Yeah. Whoa. Good call, Ross. Strikes again. (laughs) Who doesn't fancy Andrade, though? I know. He's devilishly handsome, isn't he? It's been a a gauntlet match to get to him. (laughs) (laughs) A Royal Rumble. Yeah, never mind. If you come second, the Andrade Memorial (laughs) (laughs) Battle Becky Lynch and Kevin Owens have segments where they hype their Mania matches. Also, Becky arrived in a custom truck 
that went he was outside and you could tell it was a great action-packed roar and that's one of the key points sorry go on Ross all right I thought that was that's got to be her Wrestlemania entrance they're just doing early won't they Vince is like we'll put the deposit down get in that car and use it (laughs) I think that's probably there was rumours that it was meant to be a feature of Mania and Access as well before plans changed yeah I just thought it was a bit weird Lawler went what a beauty and not just the truck or something like that and I was like oh Oh, why was he there don't know with all the you know all the greatest respect in the world he's getting on a bit isn't he to be there in this in this day and age well JR was on Dynamite yeah that too keep these old lads at home Yeah, Matthew, Matthew, Matthew. <laughs> no, no, I, I had a bunch of bad taste jokes, so I decided not to say them. So maybe this time, maybe doing it like this is actually better for the podcast. You know, um, what, the, the silence there was probably preferable to whatever you were going to. Yeah, you know, go on, <laughs> say one of them. Say one of them, Matthew. Go on. I like the Bex Express. No, I'm moving on. I'm not going. Uh, I think that was good. Byron yeah. would have given that a seven. <laughs> Oh, well, speaking of which, the main event was Austin arriving and reading out the rules of 316 Day because that's how the wacky Americans write it, month, then date. Uh, Byron gets involved and obviously gets stunned. Uh, this happened because Austin kept on going, everyone give me a hell yeah, and it cuts empty chairs. And which people, normal people, non-wrestling people, seem to see clips online and go, what the hell was this? <laughs> I think I think Mark Frost and David Lynch have been at it more times than any of their films being released. Have you seen this? Are you directing Raw now? <laughs> and then Byron got involved with his... Uh, he was rating Austin's bits that were not the best, I've got to admit, uh, neither stunning nor stone cold, with uh, numbers like he's diving. And then, obviously, Byron got involved because why not? And then he was stunned. How was he stunned, Jack? Well, Austin was wearing those tight pants and couldn't get his foot where he wanted him to. So rather than kicking Paul Byron in the chest, right in the dick and ball. <laughs> like if, if he'd had a bit of iron on his shoe and there were magnets in his pants, it couldn't be more accurate kicking him right there in the ghoulies. Poor him. And then he gave him a proper one afterwards. That was more accurate. Then Royal went off the air. Was it ever on the air to begin with? We don't know. And it came back. Um, some, the Street Profits showed up. And, had a bit of, uh, and then he did it again. Kicked him directly in the balls again. Austin was... Montez. Yeah. Sorry, God. Montez Ford's cell of the stunner was... Yeah, have you seen it? Yeah. Oh, fantastic. Never seen it before, done like that. It was really good. But I felt bad for the Street Profits because they just come out and try and, and look like the biggest idiots. And then after they got stunned, he offered them another drink and they got stunned again and again. And I felt really bad. I know it wasn't part of the actual show, but it went out on the social media. Don't take sweets from strangers, kids. Yeah, that's the moral. That's, that's good advice. And this was like seeing one of those carry-on films where they're all like 80 years old, but they're still doing the jokes that they did when they're in their 30s. And it's just worn now. And again, people love Austin, all this, but I'm just like, I, it, this, this, I hated seeing this. And I think it would have been all right if there'd been a crowd. If there'd been a crowd there, would be, no one would have cared about the quality. Austin could come out and just say, watch my podcast, watch my podcast, watch my podcast, and then just throw Byron being all right. But to have this happen and do his little jokes with just Jerry Lawler doing that <laughs> thing over, oh my God, it was awful. I wasn't a big fan. I thought it was all right for just because it's Austin and his sort of 
presence kind of carried it through, but it wasn't it wasn't the best. No. I want to meet the Burke who wrote those cue cards for Stone Cold. Unless it was a child. It could have been a five-year-old child if they were that bad. <laughs> I don't want to yeah. slap a child. <laughs> After watching that, I do. <laughs> AEW. Cody, Kenny, Matt Jackson open the show with a promo. Matt asked Hangman if he's on the elite side. Hangman appears and tips his... This was the most northeast I've ever seen of Hangman Page. They all were <laughs> so dramatic. Hangman Page, are you on the elite side? We need you. You're the heart and the soul of this brother. He showed up and went, I tipped and walked off. <laughs> I really enjoyed it. what really made me laugh was the contrast because Cody comes out and goes, Oh, yeah, um, everyone, we all need to band together as humanity, just like I need my brothers in the elite to band together with me. And then Kenny Omega comes out and goes, The world's falling apart, lads. It was so weird. <laughs> Again, stunningly dramatic Kenny Omega, but he's next to a straight man, is the funniest. <laughs> <laughs> Come, we need you we need you <laughs> alright <laughs> anyway best friends lost to Pentagon and Phoenix that challenged the death <laughs> triangle no let's carry on let's, let's not pretend no, I, I, I pronounced Phoenix that's like on that. Northumberland Street isn't it it's oh, yeah. exactly what I said oh, yeah. he, lost even he lost to Phoenix window <laughs> <laughs> The tag team was Sports Direct Triangle. <laughs> <laughs> and also, AW, how did they get around the whole arena thing? Well, they did a very good job of it. First of all, they had Cody start the show and go, look, it's in an empty arena, guys. Come on, we're going to do our best. Blah, blah, blah. USA, USA, look at my neck. And then the rest of the show saw uh, MGF and his crew, also known as The Baddies, come out on one side and take bets on the matches. They try to get Tony Schiavone in the action in a nice bit. And then at the other side were the goodies. So cheering on their guys. And so you just watch the match and there would be a little bit of crowd noise. And it'd just be MGF going, whatever, you better win, asshole. I've got $100 win on you. It was good, really yeah. good. Loved it. Great atmosphere. Was that bit where he compared Luchasaurus? Was it Luchasaurus to a Power Ranger? Was it him? It sounded like MGF. I heard that. Yeah. Well, like come on, Tarzan boy. <laughs> I like the bit where I've not written all the matches in the notes because there was quite a few, but there was a match with Cohen and MJF had obviously, or him or Spears, I couldn't work out who it was, but she gets knocked to the outside. And then they're just giving her like a team talk on the outside. They're like, just relax. You don't even need to get in there yet. And it was just really effective. <laughs> Another good bit was the tag match, the Butcher and the Blade and uh, Luchasaurus and Jungle Boy. There we go. I've got all the names right. I'm better than Jim Ross. And Jungle Boy did something on the outside where he went to do a dive, but one of them wasn't in the right position. So oh. instead of doing the dive, he just went outside and stomped on him undramatically. Then they showed a replay from a different angle of it. I don't know why, but to make it look even more like, oh, what's he going to do? Nothing. And you could see Jake Roberts just laughing his ass off front row going, ah. <laughs> Could you? That's me. Yeah. Uh. It's a good bit. So even the bad bits were good this week. But two amazing debuts. The Exalted one. It's in that being revealed till FSU came out and go, ah, this is all pish, isn't it? You're just lying. There is no exalted one. It's all a big scam. Nope. Showed up, and it was none other than Brody Lee, who helps beat down as Chikara, uh, Illumini, Dark Uno, and Stupefied beat down FSU. And Brody Lee got the possibly necessary line about digging at WWE going, oh, you don't believe I'm real? Well, it wouldn't be the first time an old man didn't put his trust in me. 
Oh, pew pew. He, he means. And Vince. then he, yeah, I goes. He means Vince. He means Vince. <laughs> so yeah, I, good to see Brody Lee actually doing I liked, something. I liked how massive he looked. Not in WWE, he looked huge. Yeah. I guess most yeah, of the members of. I guess most of the Dark Order are quite short, but when he took Daniels' head off with that lariat, I was like, oh, it looked fantastic. Yeah. I think it's so saucy, me. So <laughs> saucy. <laughs> They've got Brody Lee, right, who, if you didn't know, right, I'm going to break some news here. He used to be Luke Harper in the WWF, right? <gasps> and he was part of this like cult thing with Bray Wyatt. And Bray Wyatt, I've always said, was a terrible cult leader because he recruited like Luke and Rowan and Braun and Randy for a bit. And he dressed John up for a bit, and uh, Daniel Bryan as well. Six in like six years or something, and now he's the leader of a cult, and he's recruiting here, there, and everywhere. He's gonna piss right in Bray Wyatt's eye. How saucy is that? It's like Luke Harper or Brody Lee, sorry, is Gary from Pokemon, and Bray Wyatt's Ash. He only catches like six, and even though he loves them all, it's not the name of the game. You've got to catch them all. Yes. There Jeez. we go. Another Pokemon reference for Ross, who <laughs> loves Pokemon. He loves it more than Goldeneye for the PS1. And There's snow in it well. <laughs> The snow bit. The bit with the snow and the Pokemon. Oh, Ross's childhood was never happier. <laughs> so good on Brody. And then the main event, the Inner Circle beat the Elite to gain the advantage in the Blood and Guts match, where whenever, wherever it happens, who knows? You know, just wait and see what happens, I guess. Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Jericho on commentary the entire time. Lovely, lovely stuff. Just ragging on everything. It was actually the second best bit of the show. I just remember the other bit that I need to point out. I think it was one of these, uh, the advert break bits you get if you've got Fight TV and you're cool like me, where Cole Cabana is watching, half of the good guys, and he slaps Kip Sabian because he's from Norfolk. And he says something like, uh, Excalibur's piping up Cole Cabana and goes, wow, you know, he only got into four. Because of Jim Ross. Isn't that right, Jim Ross? And Jim Ross is like, uh, well, why don't you tell the story? Because he clearly didn't know or care about it. And he said, well, well Cole Cabana wanted to get into WWE, but he'd heard that Jim Ross was only signing football uh, players or ex-football players. So he got into football just for that. 
And so that's why he went to, uh, I believe it was Michigan, and got signed. And then Taz is going, wait, what? He, he, he got signed, he got drafted or recruited by Michigan just because Jim Ross. He goes, yeah. Well, what, what, what? Did he like get a scholarship program or did he just walk on? And Tyler was like, I just walked on. He goes, oh, really? Did he? Did he now? And he goes, oh, he just walked on a football team because he wanted to be a wrestler. Okay, sure. He goes, uh, I've got a bridge to sell you, if you believe that. He's poking holes in Excalibur's story that Coldsbury told for years. Is that true, <laughs> that, is that true that, though, that JR was only, they were only signing football players? Well, he's always had, that's been a joke for Jim Ross for years now that he, because someone like, um, I don't know, Dr. Steve Williams back in the day, he'd always harp on about his college, collegiate football background or Ron Simmons or whatever. Mm. Um, I don't know in WWE, I'm really not into NFL or college football, or couldn't give a monkey, or even XFL. So so when it comes to this, I think it was almost a joke at this point that what Ross always bring up, like, wow, he, he may be losing to Headbanger Mosh on SmackDown, but wow, you should, you should see him do a touchdown. Yeah. Do a touchdown. Do a touchdown, yes. <laughs> he loved OJ Simpson. So um, wow. after the inner circle beat the elite to get the advantage in not war games, he's going, ha, 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 it's four on five in the, the match beyond or whatever we're going to call it. And he goes, actually, it's not. He's interrupted by, and it's Vanguard <laughs> wait, one. Wait, wait, wait. By what? By B. Brian Blair. Here he goes. <laughs> Interrupted by Vanguard One. And only one person has access to one of these. And they look up, and there is Matt Hardy, revealed to it's be the as the wall, elite ally. Brother. <laughs> <laughs> and he's their ally, heading into the Blood and Guts match. And as we're all recovering from that amazing announcement, Matt Hardy's finally free to hit the twist of fate on anybody he sees. We get the sound off of what must be Tony Khan going, All right, we're off there in five, four, <laughs> three, two, one. I missed that one episode. No, I thought it was good. Uh, and we need to mention Sammy Guevara singing as well. Yeah. Yes. And Chris Jericho wasn't ready for that because he had to turn away from laughing. <laughs> I really liked MJF being like, honestly, it wasn't half bad. Just a little <laughs> bit. <laughs> <laughs> Loved uh, it. Loved this week. Any other thoughts, Ross? Yeah, but they didn't have to put on this monumental show that they did, but they bloody well did it, didn't they? Mm. Not resting on their laurels like that other bloody company. War is on. Oh. It was a bloody good show, though. It was. And I did like one comment, and I think I'll steal it because it reflects my views as well, saying how W's empty arena shows so far have been, aren't we great? Look what we're doing. We're the best. Flex, flex, flex. And this show, AW, was going, look how good we can make the product. And that's how the wrestlers doing their thing rather than the front themselves going, look how good we are. Look how valiant we are for putting on an empty arena match. And I definitely agree with that sentiment. Yeah, I think so yeah, as well. One's a, one's a publicly traded company, though, isn't it? Of course they're going to do that. Mm. Look, sponsors, we're good. That's <laughs> another good point. <laughs> and good easy. point, Ross, is three for three so far on the podcast. <laughs> um, how long have we been going for? I, I don't know whether the... Um... I was going to say, I don't know what we say about NXT, because it was more just like video packages. Uh, I think you've just said it, Jack. Wow, that was a great show. <laughs> yeah. Unless was anything else you want to talk about with that, because I just skimmed it and went, all right, whatever. I'll, I'll, I'll say, like, I watched, uh, I did watch um, Wrestle Talk's No Fans Monday. Oh, was, there we um, go. Really fun event. Um, obviously pulled together at the last minute, but they, they managed to put on a really good show. Um, 
Osprey's match with B Priestley was good. Hal Fletcher had a good match with either Mills or Mayhew. I think it was And um, David Starr had a really good match against Callum Newman, who is apparently 17. And I was just like, what? He's very good, that, that kid. He's literally a new man. Who? Oh, what? Callum Newman? Yeah, that is a very <laughs> on-the-nose name. He was, but then again, oh, he's, wrestling, he's wrestling David Starr, who's also got a very on-the-name nose. Fair enough. I yeah. It, I, I enjoyed it for what it was. Yes, I very well put together, considering what they were going against. Um, I, most of the production. Um, Osprey Ver- B was great, his little speech. And why am I saying this, Matthew? Because he named Robbie and Bea <laughs> Priestley's mighty match she had for WCPW, where she did a god-awful Canadian Destroyer and just went for the pin anyway, and that was the end of the match, because it was in the script. And then afterwards, we were in Trillions, and she went, aha, Matthew, we finally meet. And I went, yes. Because I had nothing to say, because that's all I could think about was that. So. <laughs> I um, I really enjoyed, uh, and I felt bad for her, because she's usually quite good, but uh, Lucy Openshaw, the ring announcer? Oh, yeah, what are we going to say? When she was doing the ring announcements for the main event, and she goes, she's Will Ospreay's girlfriend, B Priestley. And then, he's B Priestley's girlfriend, <laughs> it's Will Ospreay. Yeah. And also, Ospreay's wrestled in WCW. Yes, apparently so. Yeah. yeah. Bless um, Yeah, we used to make that mistake all the time, to be fair. We used to call ourselves WCW a lot. Well, you lost about as much money as them. Wow. Well, that was a good week we, of wrestling. Stop. <laughs> we personally didn't lose. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that is one of the, that's one of the biggest zingers in the podcast history. Jesus. <laughs> oh, just, oh to clar- just, just to clarify, us YouTube dicks had now to do, just for the people listening, we had now to do with that sort of on the, you know, the business side of stuff. Oh, yeah. my God. Yeah, but it was that was good. That that was a good one. I know Jesus. it was. It's hilarious. Just I'm just clarifying for the people listed. It's, <laughs> it's like ha, ha, ha. not our money, not our money, yeah. <laughs> not our money. Don't think less of us. We're not idiots. <laughs> yeah, I oh. did see people going. When are Colaholic going to do their no fans show? Never. <laughs> um, oh, lads, my mic's just fallen down. Can you still hear me? It, yeah. Yes, that was a very impressive sounding noise. Was it? Are we keeping yeah. it in? Oh, lovely. Oh, absolutely, because. That means it's the end of the segment. Let's have a rummage in our mail bags. <laughs> and now it's time to dip in the ma- well, not dip in the bag. Are we? We're checking the emails. Uh, number one. Hey lads, hope you're good. I once had a mate who said that his dad was Mark Henry, and then he taught him the world's strongest slam. He even went as far to Photoshop a picture of them together. I still take the piss out of them to this day. Jesus, you get some revelations in these letters. Uh, my question is, what's the dumbest, most blatant wrestling lie you've ever been told? I honestly still can't believe he tried to pull that BS on us. <laughs> Good luck for the times ahead, lads. And that's from Tamer. He, X. I don't know if t- his name's Tamer X or he's put a kiss on the end. So uh, thank you very much, Tamer. And your mate and his dad, Mark Henry. <laughs> that is great, that. Uh, biggest lie, wrestling lie you've ever been told. I mean, in my head, I'm self-editing because there's many lies people have said that they haven't admitted. Like, you know, no, Defiant Wrestling is not dying. 
<laughs> he's done it again. He's to my face. <laughs> to my face, they said that. Like, no, oh. no, 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 it's not. I'm like, you you lying guess. All right, sorry. Just to clarify, they is not us. They is yeah, not they, us. They is, they is <laughs> not oh. us. Yeah, there we go. So, uh, well, I'm thinking of something that isn't to do with local wrestling. Any other thoughts from you? Uh, let's go with Ross. Uh, I've got nothing off the top of my head. Just one that I think Bruce Pritchard told on his podcast. I think it was him in the back of a taxi in New York and an African-American fellow told him that The Undertaker was his dad. <laughs> I'm sure that's a thing I've remembered. I hope I've got it all right. If I haven't, it's a funny story anyway. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I've got one. I've got one. Um, Billy Jack Haynes, just before he went 100% crazy, although we all realised he was crazy, said in an interview that the original plan for WrestleMania 3, the headline match of what was going to be then at that point, the biggest pay-per-view and wrestling event of all time, well, not all time, but, you know, of that period, 97, the biggest event in wrestling, Billy Jack Haynes versus Hercules. <laughs> that's just not With true. straight face, he said that. Yeah, that's not, it's just not true. Oh, God. What was yours, Jack? Um, I actually mentioned a couple on the podcast last week, I think, or the week before, um, which is when I was at primary school, Two people said that they'd been on a tour of WWE, and one of them said she'd had a match with Lita. And one, <laughs> the other one said the other one said that he'd walked into a room and Gilbert was screaming to himself. Um, but apart from that, <laughs> but apart from that, my uncle. Now I don't know if this is a lie or not because he's not. He doesn't seem like a deceptive man, but the story just seems a bit crazy. I think I've mentioned this on a podcast as well. Says that he he knocked shoulders with. Davy Boy Smith and knocked him on his ass outside a petrol station. Oh yeah, how did you tell that story? Yeah. Um, now, I mean, what year was it? I don't know, but he's from Liverpool, so he would have been. It probably would have been in the northwest of the. I suppose. Hmm. But um, yeah, he reckons he he accidentally barged Davy Boy to the floor. But then, Bangle's not a small man, but he's not as big as Davy Boy Smith. I don't know. Um, it's a good thought, though, isn't it? It is. Try and think of any other. Uh, a primary school, you know when, like, you know when, like, the, if the cool kid says something, like the one who's best at football, if he says something, then it's just true, no matter how ridiculous it is when you're, like, seven or eight. Well, that lad in my school swore to us that he saw an advert where, or not an advert, sorry, a promo, where Stephanie McMahon mocked Triple H by um, reciting the Pedigree Chum advert, which is a UK product, I'm fairly certain. <laughs> and he was like, lads, remember when, Steph- remember when Stephanie mocked Triple H by saying new Pedigree Chum? And I remember being like, I can't remember if I said it, I just thought it, but thinking like, that's not, that can't be right. But everyone just accepted it because he, he had a good left foot. So he was right. Yeah, there's a fair amount of that school. There was actually some kid that, uh, Abby Vale, who said he claimed that um, was a referee. Tim White was his dad. Why is it always dads? What's this about? And he said that yeah, Tim White. But the weird thing that got me was I'm like, why would you even that? Who cares about Tim White? Yeah, sure. <laughs> even if you're telling the truth, who gives a damn? But he used to say stuff like, yeah, he'd come around and visit him sometimes. And all this. I'm like, what? Just just stop refereeing for WWE to go see his son in uh, in uh, Northampton. Yeah. <laughs> Tim White. 
Anyway, second question. So, my diddly doodobs, or what do you, you call yourselves? What diddly doodobs? What? I don't quite get that one. Anyway, that's how it goes. <laughs> Who do you think will be the first AEW wrestler to leave for WWE? If you think it will happen at all, love the podcast. Had to heal up the question intro. Oh, I see. But it intrigues me. Who would Vince might try and take away by waving a whole lot of money at them? Of course, MJF, perhaps, Navara, maybe even just bringing someone back just to run down their company, AEW. And how much better the treatment is in WWE? I don't know. Thought I'd ask the lovely lads in Newcastle, bracket, that mostly aren't even from there. <laughs> hey, I'd love to hear your take on this question. Have a lovely day. The Space Jam monsters on the Hall of Fame board. Oh, no. Well, all to of them? Fair. The Monstars? The Monstars. Yeah. To be yeah, fair. None of none of us are from Newcastle, technically. Yeah. No. Yeah. Mm. But whenever whenever you go on shows, I did um what's it called? Uh Talk Sport two weeks ago and they were like, Here he is they were running that short on time and they couldn't, couldn't correct them. Three words out before they had to end the show and they were like, Here he is, the Geordie himself. Okay. <laughs> sure, whatever. Sorry, um you were on Talk Sport. Yeah. Um Alex oh, what's his name? McCarthy. McCarthy. Yeah, uh, had me on, and it was so anticlimactic because they had um, the NXT UK commentator that isn't Nigel McGuinness, uh, our friend and your Simon Miller, and then me. So I try to say it was like a Saturday night's main event. You start off with a tag title match, then you have the Hogan match, and then you finish off with like uh, Dan Spivey match, whatever. You're you're a Dan Spivey man. Yeah, it was an awful way of finishing. Okay. I couldn't think of any crap. Oh, Ken Patera. Okay. Anyway, the lovely question is, who is going to drop from AW to WWE? And that is a good question. And I mean, there's plenty of people you see them wanting to sign. It used to be back in the day, it would just be the big lads that used to play football. But nowadays, anybody could be taken. You know, if they're going to have that AW rub to them, even little Marco Stunt could probably leave. Um, Actually, yeah, that, that'd be funny. Yeah, Marco Stunt. Um, I reckon... I can think of two big candidates. Hangman, but I don't think he'd go. But I think Hangman's who they'd have their eye on. Because look at him, and he's proper. Big. I just think they'd see him as a big asset. And uh, MJF, just because it would be the heelest move in the world for him to go to WWE. I think that would be really funny. But, I mean, I don't know if WWE would actually go for him. My serious answer is Hangman. Okay. And Ross? I reckon they've got their eye on that Cody Rhodes, me. <laughs> the best baby face in wrestling at the minute. Something they drastically need, I think, at the top of the card. And I think he would fit the bill perfectly. I honestly don't know who's not being used in AEW that might get signed to a contract and promise the world, but not actually given the world. Luther! Yes. <laughs> yeah, it turns out one of the Saudi princes is a really big FMW tape trader. <laughs> <laughs> His eyes bugged out. Dr. Luther's still wrestling. Yes. <laughs> now, I can see the reason Marco Stone would be good there is because they could just recycle all the hornswoggle bits with him. You know, uh-huh. he looks like no one else on earth. And they could save money on travel just by putting him in the carryall. Did you see Marco Stunt on the, uh, when the footage of the Jericho Cruise came out and he was singing along with Fozzie and he's good? Yeah. I thought he was good. Do you think he was good? Voice of an angel, the voice of a generation. 
He was doing sunglasses at night. What a tune as well. Oh, it was fantastic. What a lovely lad. <laughs> Speaking of lovely lads, here's the next question. Hello, lads. With the world imploding, I find comfort in looking after my pet birds. In brackets, three chickens and two budgies. Okay. Do you have chickens as pets? Never heard before. Um, that doesn't good question. Sorry, I was just thinking out loud. Uh, what pets do you have or have had over the years? We all know about Mr. Happy, <laughs> Mr. Happy Pablo and Todd the Rabbit. But what about Goldholic's other furry slash feathery slash scaly pals? Thanks. The animal lad. Good question. What pets have you had, Ross? I had a fish. Um, it was black. I believe his name was Terence. Uh, and his, his eyes exploded. That's how he died. What? <laughs> I don't know what, what species, what name, what breed. Well, what's the right word here? The, what, what kind of fish it was. It was little goldfish size, but he was jet black. And uh, came downstairs one morning, and he was just floating upside down, but also in the tank with him. He was in there alone. Uh, his eyes were floating on top of the tank as well. It was a horrible sight. Oh. Traumatized me to the day. Rest in peace, Terence. Christ. Yeah. Jesus. If anyone knows what species of fish it is, let me know. Jet Black he was all the way over. <laughs> Any, anyone else? <laughs> <laughs> God, I'm sorry. It's so traumatic and horrible. I couldn't help that. Yeah. Do you want to go next? His eyes exploded. Um, sure. It's can't really follow that. Uh, I had a cat when I was young, but it, the appeal wore off because it would just, you know, arrive, poo, eat, and leave. I'm like, oh, look. Yeah, that was that. That T-shirt he has. Um, <laughs> and it was just the appeal went. So we had dogs ever since. I had a golden Labrador. First pet we owned, we got it. It was already in its last legs. And they said, oh, I'll get maybe six months out of it. And we had it for about seven years after that. God, it was an old dog. And, and since then, my parents get retired greyhounds. And that's nice oh, because man. they come back and they're old. So they're like my parents. So they get along really well. And we've got a big garden back in Bish. So it used to be the first ones to come along. And they'd go out in the garden and they'd, they'd just start instinctively running around for a bit. Just round the edge, round them as quickly as they can, and they, they come to a stop very slowly. Like, oh, I, I don't need to do this anymore. And it was always nice to see. So, yeah, the sorry, you should have gone first, Ross, because no, they're, they're fine. <laughs> that, that, that's the end. <laughs> nice, happy conclusion. Yeah. Uh, Jack, I can't, I can't top Ross's either. But um, <laughs> when I was a kid, we had a family. We had a cat called Molly. Um, she was. Like, like from when, like she was older than me. So from like when I was born until I was about six or seven, we had Molly. Um, lovely cat. I'm much more of a cat person than a dog person. I know that might be controversial to some, including, including the other two members of this podcast. Yes, but no, I, I really like cats more than dogs. And um, yeah, I'm not. That's the only. I had a couple of goldfish, but apart from that, uh, Molly was the only pet. But when I'm older, or when I, when I've got my own, when I'm not like in a rented flat when I'm a bit older. I've got my own place. I want to have a cat again. I just think cats are good. Fellow cat people, shout out to you. Let me hear you holler in the comments below, please. There we go. Jesus. That's my... Yeah, there you go. <laughs> Raise the roof. <laughs> you're, like, you're like Conan <laughs> in 98. Hola, cat fans. Arriba la raza. It's hard to um, hype up cat 
people because if you're if it's like trying to hype up a cut, they'll probably just look at you and then walk off because cuts don't really cuts do love us back really, but they don't like to show it. I don't think. Hmm. I agree. What, maybe this is. I agree, Jack. Like, they are bastards. Maybe this is why I like Lindsay Dorado so much because he's a lynx, isn't he? There we go. Okay, and on that weird note, that is all the questions <laughs> we have in this segment. If you have I any did. more, any of the thoughts to share, any of the thoughts on your mind, any of the diddler puns you'd like to send our way, please don't hesitate to send them to mailbag at cultaholic.com. And I'll move on to Reese's Pieces. Uh, hey, guys, this is for Reese's Pieces. I just said that. I'm going to list a bunch of WWE couples, and I want you guys to tell me, uh, what? Who is the Reacher and who is the Settler in the relationship? No. Some may no. call it mean. I call it content. Uh, oh. Okay. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. I don't even know what that. Who? Settler like and Reacher. Yeah. Believe it means that who, who in the relationship is punching? And which one isn't? Oh, God. Oh, here we go. Um, all, uh, Dean C. Dellis, author of The Passion Trap, every relationship has a Reacher and a Settler. A Reacher is the one-down partner who is dating someone who is somewhat out of their league. Mm. Right, and the Settler is the one-up partner who could do better is choosing not to. I have never heard that term, so you can probably tell that I am a reacher. <laughs> I'm a lifelong reacher. So, gee, uh, oh. there's nothing worse than three lads in a podcast talking about cut. <laughs> she, she could do better. But here we go. You paid for it, so you're watching it. And things on the buzzers. We have Adam Cole and Britt Baker. Who is the reacher and who is the settler? They're both, they're now, they're both, right, How, what order are we going in, so? Oh, yeah, right. Uh, Jack, you go first because you're higher up on Discord. Um, I mean, I don't have anything against Britt Baker. And I think she's obviously a very uh, talented wrestler and stuff. But it's an unfair question because Adam Cole's just an unbelievably handsome man. So by default, I've got to say that Adam Cole is the settler. This is horrible, this, Ross. Uh, Adam Cole, settler, Britt Baker, reacher. <laughs> He's so, just, so, <laughs> just so matter of fact about it as yeah. well. It's, well, it's Reese's Pieces. Yes, I, I, it is Fastest Thought first. But... I just, I just, I just Thank you for remembering the concept of the show, Ross. No, I just feel bad that I can't. No, Jack, I also feel bad, but in the, in the name of the game, in the spirit of Reese's Pieces, we've got to get our Fastest Thought out there first. All right, then. It's very hard for Jack because he's a cat person. <laughs> I think Cole is the settler because he has Kyle O'Reilly next to him every week on Wednesday. What? Bianca Belair and Montez Ford. Wait, do you not like Kyle O'Reilly? No, I thought like Adam Cole could get Kyle, but he's settling for a bit. Ah, yeah, is that not how we do it? No? I can see okay. where you're coming from. Look, this is probably new lingo to me. I don't know the freaking reacher and settler. I thought it was like hunter and gatherer. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, moving on. Bianca Belair and Montez Ford. What say you, Jack? Um, well, that's a really tricky one. I'll go for Montez as the settler because I think he's funnier. All right, Ross. I would wholeheartedly concur with those sentiments. Uh, yes, sure, I agree because I have no real opinion. <laughs> Moving on, Alistair Black and Zelina Vega. 
Um, Zelina Vega's Zelina Vega's the settler, but I I wouldn't say that Alistair Black's face because he's scary. Ross, yes, I would agree with that. Oh, I see. Yes, I agree with that as well. <laughs> I really do. I really do not like going first here. This is terrifying. Oh, okay, fair enough then. Uh, Andrade and Charlotte. Jack, you go first. Um, <laughs> oh god. <clears throat> um, Andrade's the settler because um, I uh, I don't know. He was. I met them both, and I was I was <laughs> I was kind of I was kind of struck by his his attractiveness up close, and I sort of wasn't that close to Charlotte, so I didn't. Andrade's the settler. There we go. You weren't close to Charlotte, so you didn't what? So I didn't. So I wasn't. As, so I wasn't as entranced by her attractiveness, but they're both, <laughs> but they're both very conventionally attractive people, obviously. But I'm gonna go. Gonna go for Andrade because I was sat right next to him. Okay, Ross. I'm gonna go with Andrade being the reacher because, of oh. course, Charlotte Flair is the queen. Very good answer. Uh, yeah, I agree with Ross. What are you doing here? You're... <laughs> I don't know how he does it, but every time Ross has the exact same thought. And this very prestigious Reese's Pieces where we all ruin our careers together. Uh, Triple H and Stephanie McMahon. Oh, oh, God. Um, oh, Triple H. Uh, Triple H is the... No, Triple H is the reacher because Stephanie's, <laughs> got, all... Cause Stephanie's got all the power, hasn't she? So Triple H is the reacher, yeah. Yeah, Stephanie's the settler because Triple H account himself lucky to be with her, the creator of everything good <laughs> on the world today. That's right. Stephanie, Stephanie Man is the settler and Triple H is the cerebral assassin because he... Cedric Alexander and Big Swole. Um, I'll, go with, I'll go with Cedric being the, the reacher because... It's it's switched in recent times, but Big Swole's now like got momentum, more momentum behind her, and Cedric's been horribly misused. Yeah, that line from Britt Baker on the last week's Dynamite made me realise that Cedric is the Reacher, because Big Swole's the only one we care about in that family. <laughs> <laughs> Cutthroat business here on Reese's Pieces. <laughs> yeah, um, WWE main event is the Reacher, and Cedric Alexander is the Settler. <laughs> uh, will Ospreay and B Priestley how many of these are left Matthew oh, there's, there's, a, there's a few oh god um, B Priestley is the settler because I don't like Will Ospreay he has physically assaulted me on numerous occasions B Priestley is the reacher because Osprey is the aerial assassin <laughs> and she's always reaching up to try and grab him out of the sky this is like primary school Going- like this is like a, a, an assembly presentation. I think that Will Ospreay is the reacher. <laughs> the reasons I think this are, uh, I would say they are uh, both Will Ospreay's girlfriends, according to Russell Talk. Uh, Brock Lesnar <laughs> and Sable. Oh, um, um, oh, Brock Lesnar's quite a bit younger, isn't he? Sable's the reacher because she's got herself a hot young stud in Brock Lesnar. I think they are both settlers because they both stay at home. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know what? That's better than I can do with. So I agree with Ross. Uh, Keith Lee and Miriam. Keith Lee has a golden voice and is really good in the ring. And Miriam's good too, but I'm going to say that she's the reacher for now. 
I would concur with that, Jack, because Mia Yim is not Keith Lee. I agree because Keith Lee is not Mia Yim. Bray Wyatt and JoJo is this list never ends. Um, I I mean JoJo's the settler, isn't she? There we go, Ross. <laughs> I've got no idea anymore. Yeah. Uh, Bray Wyatt settled his car into the back end of someone else's car. Miz and Maurice? Um, oh, it's Miz, isn't it? Miz is the Reacher. Bloody no, I was, I was going to say Maurice is the Reacher because I find Miz really... I, I actually find Miz really funny. He seems like a great guy. That's fair. Matthew? Uh, the Miz is awesome. Thanks, Diddlers. That was from Jaron Walker, and we, we never... Is Matthew gone? Thank you for your loyalty. Yeah, I, I, that was the most uncomfortable Reese's Pieces I've ever... God, that was bad. That was a very sour-tasting Reese's piece. Never want to do that again. Makes for fantastic podcasting when it's awkward, isn't it? It it does, but we're going to be watching those comments going, no, don't take these out of context. can Can we just say now at the end that we respect all of them and that everyone's wonderful? Shock news is wrestling podcast legends, Ross and Jack with their sidekick, speculate on the attractiveness of wrestling couples. No, we were including including personalities as well. I think that's fair to say. Yeah, the the Reacher and the Settler debate is all all, all the above, isn't it? It's not just looks. Yeah. Hmm. Well, it was a nice career while it lasted. If you have any questions or Reese's Pieces, you can send them to Callaholic at mailbag.com and no, we will be reading them. Stop, 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 stop. What? No? Mailbag at cultaholic.com. What did I say? Cultaholic at mailbag.com. Oh, Christ. It's Cultaholics. The question. Wow. What an awful podcast. <laughs> like I said, there has been some little technical issues. We're all getting used to this lovely setup we have. Now I'm realizing instead of saying Discord to voice activity and getting it cut off, I am just holding down the space bar the entire time. The way God him wanted podcasts when he invented them years ago. But the big question this week to round off things is, of course, WrestleMania related. What should be the two matches that headline both nights of WrestleMania? Ross, your thoughts. Night one should close with Edge and Randy Orton. So it doesn't really matter if you have to send the crowd home happy. There's the old WWE trope is. Hogan must pose, etc. You could have Randy Orton decimate Edge, even though that's what won't happen. But yeah, that match is certainly the most compelling story they're telling at the minute. Certainly the one I'm most invested in. I don't know about you guys. Do you agree? I think it's one of them. Matthew? I can't wait to see Orton decimate Edge with a really vigorous chin lock. <laughs> <laughs> so I will close sorry continue Matthew now you know what I talk too much go on Ross that's a bit on your thing isn't it <laughs> yes. you never shut up hey. anyway night two should close with Drew McIntyre his big moment in front of nobody I feel so sorry for the bloke <laughs> mm, me too you'd be able to hear Michael Cole I said this in my videos earlier this week. You'll hear Michael Cole saying, like, for the love of Braveheart, yeah! Oh, God. Oh, Christ, did he? Be, no, no, he I'm will. Saying, 
Mike, that's something oh. Michael Cole will say when Drew McIntyre finally wins the big one, and Drew will be able to hear it because nobody, like, there's no crowd there to drown it out, is there? Your new oh. champion, Drew the Brave. <laughs> um, I've got a, I've got a, I agree with one of Ross's two things, but I'm going to change it up very slightly. So I've got, I'm going to say that night two should also end with Drew beating uh, Big Brock because I think that's sort of makes up for the fact that he's not going to... It doesn't really make but it's at least something. Um, but I think night one should end with um, probably Shader and Becky, I'll say that, for the Raw Women's title. Because I think that you can have night one end on a downer with Shader presumably like ripping Becky's head off, not literally. And then I think that um, night two can be the big happy one. But what do you what do you think, guys? Yeah, I would agree with you on one half there, where... Shayna Becky can headline night once. They can go, this is the first time ever that the women have headlined a WrestleMania with no crowd. Yay! <laughs> uh, they do that. And, you know, Shayna can get a digs in and go, Becky, you better hope the diddler virus takes you out before I do and all the other stuff she'll say. Um, <laughs> and then on <laughs> WrestleMania part two, uh, part deux, as they call it in French, I think they'll set up Drew and Brock and then just as they're about to lock up, they'll go, ah, there's actually a third participant. He's here. And we'll look. And here comes Gronk. Oh, you Gronk City comes in oh. as a three-way dance. And then Drew beats uh, Gronk for the title. So it was in pin Brock. And that sets up the rematch. Drew versus Brock, hopefully with a crowd, at SummerSlam. Uh, why would you do that, Matthew? Why on earth? Would... Explain yourself now. Because they might as well. It's at the Bleeding uh, Performance Center uh, in front of nobody. So I mean, what 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 are they going to do? Boo! Yeah. For some reason, I imagine I imagine Gronk coming out like Apollo Creed and Rocky Four to living in America. I don't know why. I just that was the image I had in my head. It's horribly edited. Living in Gronk. <laughs> put, a, put a Gronk on it. There we go. No, cheers, lads. Yeah, okay, thanks. That was- that was yeah, good. I, like I that didn't song. feel the need to. I, I, it was good. I didn't feel the need to push the space bar. The thing is, you've really got to think now whether a joke's worthy of your laughter. Deliberate process. Did the Batista thumbs down? <laughs> <laughs> uh, any other thoughts on WrestleMania and headline and p- potentials? Um, I think the, the, <clears throat> to be fair to them, they've put together a bit of a super card. I don't necessarily think it's the best hard in terms of potential match quality but I think that it's stacked isn't it there's loads of big singles matches so I think there's various you could say could main event either of the nights Ross Roman versus Goldberg should main event both nights okay <laughs> Roman Roman should win both matches because it's all been yeah. about Roman still hasn't it Roman 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 I think Roman. that's a good way to end the discussion yeah Roman yeah Roman bloody Roman, Roman. What have the Romans ever done for us? <laughs> Built a few roads. The aqueduct. That's right, they did do that. I can't think of any more. I've not I can't think of anything else. They removed the booze from all the audience. Yeah. <laughs> oh, and that is the noise. A disaster. An absolute yes. disaster this podcast has been. Sorry about recent oh. Sorry about the, no. other, the audio difficulties. Just sorry about everything. <laughs> I think it's been all right. It's our first go. People will be forgiving. Yeah. We know that YouTube. No, they won't. It's YouTube. 
<laughs> YouTube comments are very forgiving, please. Unsubscribe. That's right. <laughs> It'll all be, you can tell Matthew is the reacher on this podcast, lads. <laughs> Top rated comment, 300 oh. likes. Author, Adam Pacini. Do you know what someone said to me on Twitter today, just briefly? Right. So Ross, Ross did a tweet that was like, based off the Sammy Guevara thing, saying that wrestlers... What was it, Ross? It was like, wrestlers should get drunk and sing songs needs, more. Yeah, it just needs to be a show where wrestlers get drunk and sing wrestler themes. That should just be a concept for a show. Some some lad replied, because I replied saying you should call it um, kayfabe karaoke. And some lad replied saying, obviously thought it was a good idea for a name, but he didn't want to give me that much credit. So he said, Jack, I've never liked your face, but your mind's a beautiful thing. I just didn't know how to take that. Obviously, I didn't reply. <laughs> I, was like, I was like... So you're saying that I've got a good idea, but also you don't like my face. It was a weird compliment, that. The weirdest one I've ever had. It's not a bad one, though. I'm going to steal it. It's, it is a bad one. <laughs> made, me very, made me very offended. But anyway. You, thanks, are, you are clever and also ugly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Literally. Wait, it's better than being thick and ugly. Oh, very true. Yeah, that's me. End this. On that positive... <laughs> <laughs> horrible dour note we have been kicking and screaming all the way the Colorholic Wrestling Podcast uh, thank you to not just Ross and Jack for the setting up and seeking our watches for this but also the inventor of Discord also recorder also Dick Tubbs who's going to have to edit all the horrible bits say out say hi Richard different. Richard say hi Richard hello there he is hey. he's been holding hey. the boom mic this entire time <laughs> <laughs> but thank you for enduring with this and you know hopefully being patient as we iron out all the creases will get fixed next time and hopefully this will all be blown over and all a big much ado about nothing and all that but until then if you have any thoughts or issues you want to send our way please 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 send them to mailbag at colorholic.com and if you'd like to vote in the hall of fame of course you can lads please 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 go to patreon.com forward and stay tuned for more stuff happening while this crisis buggers off. Any closing thoughts, Ross? Uh, let us know who your favourite reachers and settlers are. No. <laughs> Just in the wider world, anybody from, you know, celebrities and that, any reachers out there? Yeah. And Jack? Oh, I haven't got any. Uh, look out for all the content on the channel and that. We're still managing to put because we've split up all the equipment and taken it home. So that's that's my plug there for Coldaholic. There we go. Fantastic. And what's the next thing we can see from you, Jack, then? Uh, that'll be probably... Uh, oh, no, Wrestlers of the Week will have already gone out. Check out Wrestlers of the Week and check out uh, next week, mine and Ross's and Tom's graders and all that, because it's all carrying on in WTF mode and everything. There you go. Lovely. Well, it's time to revert back to pretending to be fully dressed and full <laughs> human beings. Thank you very much. Please, please put your hands up towards the screen, however you're watching this, turn them over, and as always, in the count of three, one, two, three, join, join us. Join us. Jesus Christ, no. It's an ASMR ball tickle. <laughs> Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. 
Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. For all the wrestling headlines in just 10 minutes, search Cultaholic Wrestling News on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts from. 